that was Never Meant to Be This Way, correct? Yes. Perf. Before that was uh, Dito Sa Pasay. Dito Sa Pasay. That means here in Pasay? Here in Pasay. Mm -hmm. I actually have relatives who live in Pasay. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Is it close to like Metro Manila or is it like part of it? Um, I'm going to say, please don't ask me about geography, oh, no. <laughs> first of all. Geographically, where yeah, on the island? Yeah, but <laughs> I'm going to say, located? yeah, it's pretty close. Um, yeah, because my the relatives that I mentioned, I mean, they would travel like mm -hmm. weekly back and forth from there. But I mean, that doesn't really say too I much see. geographically. Have you spent but, time there? In uh, not in Pasay, no. Pasay? Mm -mm. I just know of it because mm. I have relatives who live there. I see, I see. Oh, it's next to Makati. There you go. See, I know where Makati is, and mm -hmm. I've been to Makati, but that's where all the, the malls are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Green Mile, that's where we're going. <laughs> we're going to hang out in the aircon. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I haven't been there, but uh, it looks like it's right next to Makati. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Dito Sapasai by Betrayed. Mm -hmm. The song before that was Wawa. 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 Cry like a baby, <laughs> Wawa. I love these names. I know, it's... Uh, I encourage you all so to fun. look up the album art too. Oh yeah, um, the album art. <laughs> it's. I was just saying how it's like ahead of its time. Right yeah, with the graphics, the mm -hmm. I think it's a model that's on the front. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember. She was a pretty big name, I think, or maybe it's their friend. I don't know. I, <laughs> I should sense. ask. I do remember seeing the CD as a kid, and mm -hmm. being like, "Oh, who is this?" <laughs> 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 but then they're like, "Oh, that's your dad's band." Because <laughs> yeah, we had one CD of the. The album itself, uh, I remember the glass was cracked, and then, but it had a, like a little booklet inside it too, and there's some pictures that you can see. That's so cool that you yeah. still have the CD. Mm -hmm. Both my mom and my dad are pretty good at ke having keepsakes, so they do. They have a lot. My mom had a scrapbook which I shared a picture from mm -hmm. of them in the '80s, um, back in Manila. So yeah, it's good that they keep track of this stuff. Yeah, it's very cute. Definitely. I was gonna ask, like, this is kind mm -hmm. of like a little like. Um, <laughs> steering out of the topic, but mm -hmm. what are your parents' signs? Oh, that's a, uh, my mom is a Cancer and my dad is a Virgo. Oh. I was going to say the sentimental oh, the aspect of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it a water sign thing? Because I know I as a so. Pisces, I, I'm <laughs> always keeping things. Right, like right. <laughs> always keeping the memories. Or like yeah. Right. I think we've talked about this before, but mm -hmm. it's like a nostalgia thing. Totally. So I was like wondering if your parents are the same way, like very nostalgic. I don't. I don't know if it, I don't know too much actually about cancer signs and their. Virgos. Uh, my dad is very organized. He does keep track of a lot of things. Yeah, Virgo. <laughs> he's pretty good at uh, <laughs> organizing a lot and yeah. organizing other people and everything. So mm -hmm. he's, uh, my mom. Hmm. I feel like also maybe it's just. In that time, it's more likely to keep physical artifacts and manifestations. That's true too. Now everything I have on like the cloud, and I have mm -hmm. I have pictures from high school, pictures like, on Facebook that videos. I don't need to see, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we can see them or like you know. But them, they they have film prints. And they like needed scrapbooks. like physical, totally, like artifacts. Yeah, and like uh, the picture that Keep I shared, six. she also has like tickets from the mm -hmm. trains that they would take to the shows and right. little tickets, so. I think it's just maybe the physicality of that time. Yeah, because th they were not very digital back then, no, obviously. I don't know where else they would keep it. <clears throat> so, yeah, but it's, it is nice that they keep track of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I remember you saying that you also, like, you have that nostalgia. You have that, um, 
Yeah, I have a box full of like junk essentially now. It's not junk, <laughs> it's memories. It's, it's memories. Yeah, that's what I say. Right, right. But to any regular person, like you have a box of junk, girly. Right. Sitting in your closet. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to bring that to every house you move? Yep, yes. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it's I'm, I'm going to do. That's yeah. I mean, it's part of who you are. Mm-hmm. You want to bring it with you. Exactly. Uh, Okay, so we will get into this interview. I sat down with both my mom and my dad Mm -hmm. uh, to ask them a little bit about the punk life, the music, the culture, what's going on in the Philippines. Right. Um, If you do want to find some of this music, you actually can find The Betrayed on Spotify and I think YouTube and uh, Apple Music. Um, Yeah, you can find it all on uh, Spotify, which is really cool. Uh, But uh, no Instagram, you know, no Facebooks, just Spotify. Okay. But Love uh, that. <laughs> okay, without further ado, I will just hand it over to Jamin on the other side. <laughs> I'm here <laughs> with um, both my parents, my dad and my mom, to talk about the band Betrayed, which, from what I understood, you were part of from 1982 to 84, or 84 to yeah, 1982 to 84. Right. And it's from what I remember, not only from just what you've told me, but actually what I've read from online, because there's actually a good amount of resources online about the band now, um, is that you were part of the first members or the first iteration, because it seemed like you guys had like a bunch of different members, but also that you also had a bunch of different names. Well, the first iteration of it was actually Eddie Shoho's band in New York was called The Betrayed. He's the guitarist? He's the, he became the bassist. Oh, okay. So it was his band first in New York. We met him in the Philippines. And then Buddy and I were, I got a drum set and we were playing and doing mm-hmm. a couple of gigs at school. You and Buddy were best friends. Me and Buddy All were right. best friends. We went to high school together. I see. So that's how you knew him. That's how I knew Buddy. And then we both went, ended up at UP together, University I of see. the Philippines. Is that where you met Eddie? No. Um, or how did you? Yeah, we met Eddie mm-hmm. at in the universe is that what we met? I think mm, yeah that's, that's where cool. we met him that's mm. um, and then he found out that we had a band and then he said he he wanted to bring his band mm-hmm. or he wanted to create a band and he called it betrayed as well I see continuing he, from the and project there were the songs that he wrote yeah I see so you guys were already playing music um, or you're playing like uh, covers or rewriting songs? Um, we were just covered, did covers, and we we played little little gigs at the school. I see. Mm-hmm. So that's where most of it was like kind of centers. Was, yeah, because you were in college at the time. Or? We were in college. We were at University of the Philippines. I see. I see. So college around that time. Then, if you were so, you guys started playing together, and then he came over, and then you started playing as the betrayed. How did Chris Carreri? Because he's from New York too. Yeah. So Chris, Chris is Carreri. was is, is Chris Carreri is uh, Eddie's. Carreri. They're Carreri. like Eddie's uh, family friends, oh. and he had come down from. And, and he's Puerto Rican, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he he lived in New York with Eddie, mm-hmm. and he had come to the Philippines to go to school too at UP. I see. So that's kind of how. It and then so uh, first it was me, Eddie, and Buddy. I played drums, Eddie mm-hmm. played bass, and Buddy played guitar. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris joined us, and Chris started playing bass. Eddie then took over as, well, and Eddie has always been the lead vocal because mm-hmm. these were so, the first songs were 
songs he had written for Betrayed in New York, his band mm-hmm. in New York. Right. And then uh, he was the lead vocalist and playing bass. And then when mm-hmm. Chris came on, Eddie was vocalist and played lead guitar. Buddy played rhythm guitar mm-hmm. and I played drums. So just the three of you. Three and then and then Chris Carrera came on, yeah. I see. Then where did? Um, I mean, I understand it mostly to be punk, but uh, I feel like you had also a lot of other influences that came from it. Or I guess the question is like, where did you get the musical influences from, or like what prompted you guys to go into punk, or like were you just what songs were you learning? I guess also, like, um, what were you covering, and what was it, your influence? I guess. So most of the songs. I mean, this is when punk stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. In the 80s. In the 80s. Early and 80s. Early 80s. Mm-hmm. And what happened was Buddy um, had a friend who was where he would get his hair cut. And he was this mm-hmm. English dude that, um, mm-hmm. the, what was the name of the place? Public Image. Mm-hmm. And that's where Buddy would get his haircuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Stephen. Mm-hmm. And he would actually bring in records or have mm-hmm. records sent to him from from the UK. Right. And Buddy would buy buy them from him. So so we pretty much had, you know, we were ahead of the curve as far right, as getting the music because we had direct direct import from UK of all the mm-hmm. new stuff that was coming out, all the punk right. stuff that was coming out. Sex Pistols. So, yeah. so and like the clash. Sex Pistols, The Clash, the clash mm-hmm. and all that were coming out. So our band, we had the originals that Eddie uh, had mm-hmm. written, but then we also did a lot of Clash covers, mm-hmm. uh, things Ramones. like that. Ramones mm-hmm. and, and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So we would cover those whenever we did a gig. And we had mm-hmm. our own, the, the stuff that Eddie had written from mm-hmm. New York. I see. So you kind of mix those all together. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, at that time in the 80s, there was that whole British invasion stuff. Mm-hmm. And you all, I mean, because you guys also used to always play a lot of ska and reggae music also. Um, so was that part of it too? Or um, Later on, they started doing more ska stuff. I, I mean... Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that we liked. We, we yeah, right. It's, what, it's stuff yeah. we would like that mm-hmm. we would dance yeah. to in the dance clubs. I see. Exactly. Yeah. Mom, I remember asking you about how... Because we were trying to figure out like what was like prevalent in college or like what was the music that you were listening to and obviously it wasn't always just like original Filipino or Filipino artists mm-hmm. but there was also a lot of Western influence mm-hmm. and a lot of music from overseas that yep. still came to the Philippines and that you guys were listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, you said there was just like a lot of other influences. I like listened this. if you're if we're talking like early eighties. Well, actually, in 1982, our family moved to Australia. So, oh, so the, the songs that we were listening to were things <laughs> that were that were a big deal in in Melbourne at the time. So, like Men at Work, <laughs> that was a, a big thing. Melbourne. Oh yeah, and so when so after my time in 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 Melbourne, mm-hmm. going back to Manila, I was like, oh, you guys are kind of listening to the same stuff that we're listening to. I see. So. So there's still like. Mm-hmm. 80s. 80s, yeah. yeah, New Wave, Punk. New Wave, not, I guess. Not so much New Wave. New Wave was, it was cooler for our group of friends to mm-hmm. listen to Punk rather. New Wave was I see. a little too light, so I Punk see. was a little bit more uh, edgy. Right. I mean, I guess also considering the time it was the 80s, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think, the other thing that I wanted to talk about and ask what, like, the youth was like, or, like, I mean, youth, because it's, like, college age, I mean, you guys were, like, Oh, or if you start college in the Philippines, you're 
I was 18, at, 19? We were, we were you young. actually start young, younger. Yeah. Right. Because you only have to go up to 10th grade. Yeah. Right. So. Jackie was talking about that too, that yeah. the grade mm -hmm. uh, divide is different. Started college mm -hmm. at 16. So. Yeah, so right. college is at 16, 17. Right. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense that a lot of the, the punk and um, other type of music was important at that time for the youth. Because I think that's one thing I want to ask is because especially since it is the 80s, there's so much going on considering you're like towards the end of martial law, you're also like nearing the third term of the Marcosian, mm -hmm. um, I was going to say dictatorship, or, but just like the president, is it was president at the yeah, time, right? He was president. Yeah. And that was like the third term. So it was like, I want to ask like, what was it like where was also being in college and like being an active group of young adults that were like entering into this new world? Was it, was there a lot of like political unrest or do you guys remember or like, what can well, you say? We were at the number one university that was very radical. And, and right, when you talk about thing. activist activism, mm -hmm. University of the Philippines in Diliman, I mean, there's like, there were, there were rallies all the time. Mm -hmm. and people like leaving class and walking yeah. through the halls, marching through the halls and protesting oh, right. something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. Right, because it was such was a heavy time for mm -hmm. against martial law. I think I remember you were telling me, didn't you march or were you on EDSA or something? There was something going on? That was mom. Oh, oh that, was, that, that, was God, that was the People Power Revolution. That was oh, 1986. I see, I see. And yes, I mm -hmm. was there. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So I feel like just for the youth was, punk was just kind of the way to go, I guess? Or did it just well, it was, like it, was, it was up and coming. It was a trend yeah. then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not everybody listened to it. There yeah. are people that listen to jazz. They still were very much into jazz. There are still mm -hmm. people who listen to, to metal. To rock, right, right. But our our group kind of liked mm -hmm. all that, you know. We liked we liked those bands. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to think of all the all the bands, the popular the, bands in the eighties. I mean, Duran Duran, mm -hmm. Men at Work, like I said. Yeah, Duran um, Duran makes sense. Hmm. I mean, the, the ones you already mentioned, like the Clash and the Sex Pistols. Clash, um, yeah. Oops, excuse me. And um, what was the other one you just said? The Ramones. Ramones, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was stuff you were listening to. Um, hmm. yeah, those were, were you, <laughs> would you consider yourself living the punk lifestyle? <laughs> was it, were you kind of, I mean, I guess, because I mean, I understand, I already, because I already know, but like, you have Air Force military background and like, you know, the Philippines was pretty strict back then or like, I don't know, would you, mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts towards that or like, did it just seem like the... Um, we were into the music and it was uh, a, a good release mm -hmm. of tension and, and right. frustration for us. Right. I wouldn't say that we were actually living the punk <laughs> life because it was, right. it was kind of weird because we were college students going mm -hmm. to the University of the Philippines. Right. Um, and, but we weren't like poor or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Right. In fact, we were, we were our own little culture. I mean, mm -hmm. because we were Filipino Americans or Americanized right. or had mm -hmm. influences of, of the West. And so, right. Yeah. You know, and we, we spoke English, like more like Americans. Right. So That's we true. Our own little group. So we weren't really, when you say we weren't really in the punk scene mm -hmm. as like living in rebellion, mm -hmm. like a true punk, it was right. really fashion and music. Right. A l maybe a little bit of the attitude, mm -hmm. but not out. And just enjoying the music. I mean, we would right. Out we smashing things. Yeah. We weren't. Right. It's not like you were like <laughs> extremely anti establishment, like not destroying 
public property or like no. anything like that. But I mean, I still it was think, really more about the music, right? Which I still think is like not that like punk has to be a certain like demographic or like it has to be poor or anything. But I think the ideology behind what's going on in the eighties and for punk still makes sense and still can be like a lot of punks are really extremely educated and like go to college and like. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense that you still guys have mm-hmm. some of the ethos behind it. Um, of course, you're not like, you know, running around setting fire to things or like no. being extremely <laughs> anarchists. But I still think like being socially conscious and like interactive with your your group and like your college. I feel like that's a big part of it, too, especially from what I've read. So that's cool. Yeah, actually, when you think about it, mm. we weren't oppressed. We weren't. Mm-hmm. We weren't. We were actually privileged, to be honest. Right. We could yeah. come and go as we pleased. We can do what we wanted. Mm-hmm. We could wear what we wanted. If there's anything that we were maybe rebelling against, it was just, or any kind of angst was just mm-hmm. regular growing up stuff. Yeah, right. Teenage, mm-hmm. teenage stuff. I think. It's like I feel like a new outlet for the youth mm-hmm. at that time. So, didn't you say that? Um, uh, was it Buddy or Eddie that had the fake mohawk that would go up and down? Or that was Buddy, yeah. This so, is buddy well, it wasn't a this fake mohawk. I guess it was like a, a was, modular where you can yeah, it was, disguise it. Was a, it was a tamer mohawk mm-hmm. um, where it could be let down and look, mm-hmm. looked quote-unquote normal. <laughs> So by night you would spike it up and for for gigs and stuff we would it would be spiked up and painted Mm -hmm. and with hairspray spray. So we would it would be like a stripe down the back middle of his head, Mm -hmm. and then uh, but then by during the day, he he still kind of stood out though in school. I mean he was the AS punk, which was arts and sciences building. I see. Uh, or pop, it's called Palma Hall now, but he mm-hmm. was the AS punk because you could see you could see him coming. This is the punk. I see. I was the AS punk sidekick. Yeah, and, and the see. rest of us kind of we didn't address outlandish. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that obvious, but maybe it was. We stood out somehow, but mm-hmm. not so the thing is, we were all part of the International Club of the University oh, right, of the right. Philippines because we were all pretty much basically Filipino Americans living mm-hmm. in the. Um, or going at to school at, at, yeah. at a university right. that was very nationalistic. Right, because it had a lot of international... Yeah. There's a lot of internationals, and we were part of that group. Mm-hmm. But they were also... They actually kind of looked down on us, because we we're Filipino, oh. but we... I see, a so lot so. of us didn't speak Tagalog. I see, so it's still like a divide. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, and the way we dressed, we dressed differently, and mm-hmm. we... I mean, like, like for your mom, like, would go out wearing shorts. I see, right. That, in, yeah. in a conservative, you know, country. That's true, yeah. In school, that was pretty bold. Yeah. And then, or then when you started dressing more punkish, mm-hmm. you know, we would stand out. Right. Yeah, I mean, understanding, like, the social context of the Philippines, I think that yeah. makes sense. Then, so you said you were playing mostly at the school, or was like, or what, what were the other shows, and what were the shows like? Um, well, it, it being, like, a sort of new... Development when they started, so so some of the organizers and um, I think it was uh, DZRJ, mm-hmm. which radio was station. radio station in the Philippines mm-hmm. that played uh, rock rock music. I right. think it's, uh, the DJ was uh, Howlin' Dave, Howlin Dave. Mm. <clears throat> and then he and his wife Delilah, and they would. Uh, 
I don't know if they sponsored it, but there was a there were shows that were called like like the first one I think was Crappy Halloween, mm-hmm. right? And then they started Brave New World, where all the different punk bands in the Philippines would get together and play, right? And that was like one of the first like uh, organized right. Organized that, was, that was the first. Punk. Those were the organized uh, mm-hmm. gigs that we would play at. Right. So we would play. Um, Basically, like gym gymnasiums, mm-hmm. and then you know all the punk people that like punk. There was this, uh, there was this street called Antipolo. Oh, good. Yeah. That, um, and they were like kind of our followers that liked mm-hmm. to be trade. I see. And they were called. There were a bunch of punks that lived there on that street. On that street. He's near mm-hmm. where Buddy lived because Buddy's from that. Yeah, and, and Buddy oh, was I from see. that area, so he knew the guys that were lived around there. Mm-hmm. And they were called Antipolo Boys. Mm-hmm. So, so whenever we had a gig, we would, you know, we would let them know, and they mm-hmm. they would come and you know go to I go see. to our shows. Yeah. Right. So you'd kind and of they rally. were kind of like yeah. our 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 yeah, uh, fan base. They, you yeah. guys had a, a following. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They did have a following. There was even one gig that was in a in a place that was pretty far away, mm-hmm. and at the time, uh, my parents had a busing company. Right. Okay. <laughs> so we actually hired one of our buses, or took one of our buses, mm-hmm. loaded up with Antipolo boys, wow. and, and then went to and the went show. to a show. So it was like, wow. And and this was at a school that was not really used to punk. Mm-hmm. So they were a little more posh, and so <laughs> so now you have all these punks that are dressed in chains and leather oh. and mm-hmm. combat boots. A bus full of them. A bus full of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Showing up at this school where we right. played, mm-hmm. and there are rock bands that are playing, and then mm-hmm. there's a hardcore punk band, which was us, right? Right, so it, you know, you had these different mixes of people and different mixes of groups, right? And and then so they would be like our following, and it kind of grew from there. I see, from and then, that. We, and then we would mm-hmm. play. So we would play like at schools, or we would play right. like so Brave New World, I think it happened every so many months. Mm-hmm. And then there were other bands that were around. Mm-hmm. That were, there was Chaos. Oh, right. There was the Zoo. Uh, that was what's his name? I forget his name. Jack. Jack Sika was. Sounds like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Name that comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, and then there was Chaos with Tommy Tommy Tanchiaco. Right, right. That was his band. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were there were a couple. Right. Uh, a big name was the Jerks. I see. They were a big mm-hmm. rock group back then, um, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people looked up to them because they were great musically. They were a great band to watch and follow. Cool. And so listen. like it got yeah. a pretty good following from it. And then so they didn't play like our gigs because because mm-hmm. our gigs were like the, the up and coming up and coming mm-hmm. garage bands. Yeah, the DIY up. stuff. Uh, the Jerks were like they were already they were already mm-hmm. like. A lot established, established, right? Yeah. Like, like they had yeah. songs that were playing on the radio. Yeah, I mean, it stuff. sounds like it's more like yeah. the local underground yeah. mm-hmm. DIY exactly. stuff that is not always available to everybody. Right. It's funny to imagine a bus full of punks coming and then just like getting <laughs> off and then seeing the shows. That's what I'd like to imagine. Like that sounds yeah. really cool. I forgot. I remember you mentioning that you had a bus system and then you just yeah. It's kind of helpful. I mean, that would be your your fan base. Um, yeah. Yeah, I the other. I mean, there's actually surprisingly a good amount of history that's 
now recorded about this. So they do mention people like Brave New World, Third World Chaos, and Twisted Red Cross, and like all these other um, shows and organizations that sort of helped get these bands together, I guess, and like actually start recording and producing some of their stuff. Um, the other bands they mentioned, which I don't know, I've never heard of them, but do you know, it says George Imbecile or Urban Bandits? Urban Bandits. Urban Bandits. <laughs> and the Dead Ends, which I, Dead I'm going to play. Last name mm-hmm. Dead yeah, I'm going to play some of that too. Dead so uh-huh. It's cool because they, they list you guys and then they list these other artists mm-hmm. and then Tommy Panchenzo. Is all Black the Signal? Uh, no, mm-hmm. but I will probably add on to the playlist. That's cool. Is there any other that you remember, like, off the top? That's... Hmm. Black Signal is the other one? I can't remember if it was Black Signal. Mm-hmm. It might have been. I don't remember. Sure. They do have, like, a good And then, list. what was the one you played? Tropical de- Depression? They came um, out. The they came. Tropical Depression was later. Putreska? Right. That one? Uh, Putreska was later. Putreska. That was, like, um, more like late 80s, early 90s. Right, right. But Tropical Depression, their lead singer... They call him Papa Dom. He actually sang for the Dom, yeah. So he, he, he sang oh, he for the came later on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before Tropical Depression. But, uh, yeah. So after I left, I left in 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Mark Apicilia was the one. Right. That took over the drums. That took over his mm-hmm. drums. Carl. Carl. Carl Apicilia. Right. And then he had more of a reggae background mm-hmm. in playing drums. So when we first started, we were just a hardcore punk band, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, the 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 theme was the songs are so fast that if you sneeze, you miss it. <laughs> that you miss the song. So it was really just basically bass snare. You're actually known as like the fastest. Yeah, the uh, the that was the title. The yeah. I'm not just mm-hmm. making that up. <laughs> Right. So, the so it, it was fast band in the land or something, and then you were, right. you were fast drummer. Solid. And and then we did so we did the hardcore stuff, mm-hmm. and then we did the punk stuff like the Clash and all that. Right. Which you can kind of hear in the vocals. I feel like some of it, it's not it's not just like you know, uh, thrashing punk music, but it's also there's a lot of melodic uh, chords and the way that they're singing. I think it's, yeah. So yeah. the songs that Eddie wrote. Then after that, that's when mm-hmm. they started getting when Carl took over. Because when mm-hmm. I played drums, it was just really hardcore, yeah. just fast. Which yeah, you can hear. And then when Carl yeah. came in, he was he was a more experienced drummer and had more of a nice reggae feel to his his things, mm-hmm. and so he added more complex rhythms to it mm-hmm. that I never did. And so along with that, so Eddie, their sound changed. Sound yeah, their sound kind of changed, and Eddie started mm-hmm. writing more melodic songs. Mm-hmm. I think. Cool. Yeah, some of the. I don't know. After listening to a lot of it again, it's it's great to hear all the different influences. And then um, at a certain point, Eddie had left and gone back to New New York. Right. Buddy was still there. Buddy was still a, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's when they got uh, Dominic to be their lead singer. Yeah. I see. And then he became- there, actually, I read there's still actually a band. Like if you can find them still on YouTube. Yeah, I think, that, they, I think I think the Betrayed still lives. Right, and you can <laughs> find it on Spotify too, which is really cool. Um, I was surprised to find out that somebody had... Because the only way I had it was from that old CD that you had. And so, like, in the last three years, to find out that somebody is distributing it online accessibly for everyone, is, I think that's cool. So it does look like they're still active. And, I mean, I think to finish up, I mean, the cool thing is that there is a lot of history. Like, you're mentioned in ABS, CBN, 
um, or also on Last.fm in the bio, your garage is mentioned, your name <laughs> is mentioned, and then all these names of Buddy and Carl and everybody is mentioned. There's also a newer, a newer one, a historical article on Bandcamp that kind of talks about underground punk in the Philippines, and they talk about you guys as being one of the starts to that because there's such a huge hardcore scene now, not only in the Philippines, but also in America too. Um, and they they say, yeah, they say like Dead Ends, The Betrayed, and then all these bands are like what started a really long history of punk in the Philippines. Um, like right now, they have the 23rd Cebu Hardcore Punk Festival, <laughs> then the 18th Mindanao Hardcore Festival. Wow. <laughs> and even in April, I'm going to a Pinoy Fastcore show from bands uh, in LA and Sacramento. And so it's like still a really big thing. And like, it's cool to see that you were at, you know, at the very tip of the wave yeah, of it. The and first of it in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like right at the source of it. Yeah. Um, and especially that is documented too. It's super cool to see. Um, so yeah, so. we played in our garage in yeah. Guadalupe. Oh, is that where it was? Our, yeah, in our downstairs. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa's yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. At their house? <laughs> downstairs <laughs> in the house. I had a drum set. I remember there was one time that Eddie got on my drums and he jumped off. Mm -hmm. And it, since it was a basement, the ceilings mm -hmm. were kind of low. Right. There was a nail sticking out, <laughs> and his head got scra scratched, it, and his head just started bleeding. That's <laughs> very punk. That's very yeah. punk. Yeah. And, and that's it, the image. And it, it, that's the image of it. And, and uh, he just, in the garage. Yeah. And then it just we just kept going. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, it's cool to know that it's still a tradition that's going on and that your garage is mentioned. I guess pioneers. Yeah. I feel like yeah, especially now in this time with the pandemic and Duterte and the near martial law that's going on now, I feel like punk is especially important now in any sort of sign of resistance and outreach and like democracy for the youth is like super important. Um but I feel like yeah, I feel like we'll just start listening again after this. Do you have any words for the future punks and contemporary Pinoy punks? around the world or anybody that's going on for music keep on playing it's all <laughs> about the music um you know feel it definitely uh you can live it um but definitely feel the music that's where it all comes from i agree very good cool thank you that's very good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes follow the music definitely that's super informational <laughs> That was my dad and my mom Yeah, talking about The Betrayed. And here we are, still following the music. I definitely agree with that. That's what I like that. For. Follow yeah. the music. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That's why we're here, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, what we do every other week, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Definitely always try to follow the music. And, I mean, it's so great. I'm so happy to share that history with you all. Thank you so much, Jamin. Yeah. That was, honestly, <laughs> it, super educational. Like, I, it inspired me to kind of look into like Filipino history. Totally. I mean, Especially I was just, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I was just saying off air how much, you know, I feel like I, I don't know. Mm. Just based off of like that, you know, what that clip. Yeah. Based off of what they were saying. Um, yeah, and I was saying too how like that's essentially part of history. Totally. That whole interview. The pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I'm so happy that we can talk about it now and share it and then just mm -hmm. keep it alive. Especially now with what's going on in the Philippines, like you said off air. Mm -hmm. it, history can repeat itself and so what we're going yep. through right now is definitely something to look back on especially since they lived in they know what what it's like so they know exactly what was going on 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always ask an old punk. That's the way. You know, people <laughs> say ask a punk now, but ask an old punk too. They'll tell you. <laughs> but, well, it's been nice. Thank you, everybody. We're going to sign off. We're going to play one more song. Yes. Um, but, yeah, keep following the music. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next, next Sunday. Yep. Thank you all. It's been real.